BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Motor City X. In the hustle and bustle of the world that we live in, a majority of people feel stuck. A pawn in the corporate world, and we aim to break the norm. So grab a hatchet, book a trip, and hit the trails. Reconnect with yourself and with nature. Create a story worth telling. The vision for Motor City Axe was born out of their love for lasting craftsmanship, a desire to work with their hands, and a passion for the outdoors. And each axe and hatchet is made right here in the USA and hand-painted in Detroit, Michigan. You can go to MotorCityAxe.com, use code word WARRIOR for 10% off your custom weekly warrior podcast axe or hatchet and the tools that they sell have and will withstand the test of time they tell a story and the city that they are crafted in has countless times been ruled out but both have risen from the ashes you can follow their journey on social media at instagram at motor city axe what will your story tell we are live here in Northern Michigan, and we're going to talk about whiskey. So let's uncork this episode. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Wow, that was awesome. Really happy to be here with you, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, we got a good one today. I'm happy to be here with you too. We're gonna we're gonna do a little history of whiskey, um, and we are gonna do a a tasting of sorts. Man, so, we have so much whiskey. Let's um, let's look at this collectively. How much money? How many bottles? Not that we need to explore. So our, our we're doing a whiskey tasting today. This episode is all about the history of mostly bourbon. Um, but a brief overall history of whiskey in general. And then we have 18 different whiskeys that we're going to be tasting. We'll be drinking all of them. And we're going we're gonna to taste every single one. To the last drop. To the <laughs> and like I said, we're going to share some history, some interesting facts, and uh, generally just have a good time. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And of course, we want to preface this with always drink responsibly. Yeah. It is quarantine. We have nowhere to go. So we're going to enjoy ourselves, taste, and bring you some great stuff right now. And I mean, in reality, though, we've been planning for this for like four or five months. Yeah. And we started talking about this in the dead of winter. And it was like, that'd be really fun to do like a whiskey tasting. And me and my personality was like, yep, we're going to buy all of it. And so I ended up with. All but one of these bottles yeah, came. No, two of them came from you. One of them, all but the, the two of them came from me, and that's just how I roll. That's just the way she goes. Yeah, that's just the way she that's goes. That's just the way you cut the cheese. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you, Mister Bones, have uh, an early history of whiskey. Yeah. 
and where it kind of came from and whatever. So we're going to go into that first. Man. So, yeah, take us she take goes, us back in time. Whiskey goes way back. So it started around the 12th century, and it was referred to as Iska Baha, Ooh. which meant the water of life. Yep. And that, that's the damn truth. Uh, yeah, seriously. So that's what it meant. Back in the 12th century, one of the first, uh, it was one of the first distilled drinks of the era, and Irish monks learned how to distill perfumes. Oh. Right? So, and one of them got drunk off of it. So <laughs> then everyone just started kind of getting drunk <laughs> off of Tommy Hilfiger and Chanel. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they kept tweaking it and tweaking it and eventually got to a variation of whiskey that we know today. And by the 16th century comes around, people in Ireland are, are swimming in whiskey, and mm. the king wants a cut of this because he says it's very popular. There's a lot of money to be made for the crown. Yeah. So he introduces licenses, and the first man to get one of these licenses was Sir Thomas Phillips in 1608. And the truth is, people all around, regardless if they had a license or not, were still distilling whiskey. Yeah. They basically said, fuck the king. Yeah. It was like, it's like moonshiners in the 20s yeah. during Prohibition. Yep. Yeah. So there was a whole section of legal whiskey and then illegal whiskey. Sure. And they both had separate names. Yeah. Um, and, and so whiskey production, illegal and legal, continued to soar in the 16th century. By the 18th century, distributors began cutting their bottled uh, booze with uh, water to cut costs. Mm -hmm. And people kind of caught on to that. Yep. And they got pissed, so people stopped buying the shit. Mm. And the government now began get less drunk, so I'm gonna make my own. Yeah, more drunk. Well, the government got involved. Yeah, and it was like you can't do that. So oh. a lot of regulations got put in place, and um, because of that, a lot of whiskey distilleries shut their doors because of government regulations. They couldn't keep up. They couldn't keep up with demand. And yeah, they couldn't keep up with costs. So even in the 16th century. This is the 18th century. The 18th now. century. Yep. Governmental regulation was still a thing with the liquor business. Yeah, and we'll learn later with the whiskey rebellion in America that government has played a role. Yeah. In whiskey, quite a bit. For which sure. Is, which is kind of wild. Um, so in 1779 there were 1,200 distilleries, and by 1821 there was only 32 in Ireland. Wow. This is, this is all in Ireland. Yeah. Um. So people grew upset and angry so government began tax cuts and incentives after they start imposing all of their will they're like oh this isn't working mm -hmm. let's give incentives and tax cuts to distilleries that are following our rules to yeah. give them some promotion for the drink because there was a lot of money in it yeah um and then soon after whiskey once again reigned supreme everyone and their grandpa would drink it and dublin became the silicon valley whoa of whiskey wow which is a big deal yeah in 1823, in Ireland, 10 million gallons were being produced and sold. Wow. Just in Ireland. Just in Ireland. Because Scotland had their own whiskey, which was scotch. Yeah, there's a whole and other a whole, world of countries yeah. out there. Wow. Well, Scotland was the next biggest one, I think, yeah. at the time. And USA. Um, so to keep up with this ins insatiable demand, in 1832, one man named Aenis Coffee created the coffee still then enabled him to continuously distill the drink, which allowed, obviously, for production to go way up and to be putting his product out into the market. So Was that really hard for him to distill whiskey like that? Oh, it was actually it was super easy, barely an inconvenience. Wow. Yeah, he just wow, wow, he wow. thought of it, he drew up a blueprint, and he said, this is what's going to happen now. That's amazing. Yeah, super easy. Yeah. This was basically what the assembly line was yeah. to automakers. Right. What hadn't to... So, first of all, fucking the assembly line wasn't even invented by Henry Ford. It was invented yeah. by Ransom E. Olds. But Oh, man. You're getting, now sorry. we're getting controversial. That's different. <laughs> um, Henry Ford is an asshole. Anyway, it was uh, a lot faster and cheaper for Ireland to now produce their whiskey. And uh, Scotland um, took hold. Oh, so, okay. So actually, Ireland said no to this way of distilling whiskey. The continuous. They, they did not like the coffee still. Ah, okay. So Ireland was like, no, we're going to keep it our own way in our yeah. small batch barrels. Scotland took over and was like, that's a great idea. Scotland began yeah. pumping it out, right? Pumping out whiskey like Scotch crazy. whiskey, yep. Right, and they began to dominate profits because yeah. they're supplying more. It costs less. People are buying it. It tastes good. 
Um, and then around the turn of the century, the 1900s, obviously uh, the World War One broke out. Yeah. Early 1900s. Yeah. Ireland had the Civil War. Yeah. So whiskey tanked pretty much for like the next 50 years. It wasn't mm-hmm. until the 1980s that it started to rebound and uh, things started to come back. And actually in the 1980s, there were distilleries that reopened, that closed mm. in the early 1900s. Yeah. So they reopened like 50 years later, right. yeah. which is crazy. And they, once again, they started ramping up production. Yeah. And Ireland whiskey, Irish whiskey started to become really popular again in the world and in Ireland. And for a long time, it was like viewed as the grandpa's drink. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yep. But it has, it's since even today had a huge resurgence, hence why we're kind of doing this. Yeah. Um, and obviously today, Jameson is one of the most popular popular uh, Irish whiskeys. Yeah, and luckily, we got us some Jameson. You got us a little bottle of Jameson. Yep. Look at that. Triple distilled Irish whiskey. The bottle is almost gone. Yep. What I found interesting about whiskey, the origins of whiskey in general, was distilling has a you know pretty wide history, obviously, but it took hold in Scotland and Ireland because you can't go, you can't grow grapes and in Scotland or Ireland. So, you know, wine was the main beverage of the ancient world. You know, wine, everyone drank wine. It was, you know, it was safer than water most of the time. And, but you can't get wine Mm -hmm. in certain places. So what did they do? They found the cereal grains, like wheat, rye, you know, corn, whatever. And of course they're going to find, you take, you take extra product that a farmer already has Uh You use it to make a distilled beverage that gets you drunk. Yeah. People are always going to find a way People to feel good. People will find a way. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was interesting because that it was sort of a necessity thing in the British Isles. And, you know, wine just wasn't as big of a thing. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's crazy. Scotch whiskey and Irish whiskey are both huge now. So we're going to do our first taste yeah. of some Irish whiskey. And I'm going to go through uh, sort of like the... It's, I mean, there's no one way to taste, but in all the research that I did and a couple distilleries that I went to, this was the general rule of thumb with tasting. Mm-hmm. So you want to pour a very small amount, kind of like a thimble, as Connor would call it. Thimble. She likes a thimble of sweet cream in her nitro coffee, maybe Just a little more. A skosh. Yeah, a skosh. <laughs> so that's right, a skosh. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That'll do enough for me, I think. Yep. So there's four parts of a tasting. Um, the first one is you want to look at the color. And with Irish whiskey, since uh, we don't have that much in this glass, we're going to probably have to start doing more. Yeah, we'll um, do a little more of a skosh. You look at the color, and it's pretty light. So generally, a rule of thumb with whiskey is the darker it is, the more complex it's going to be. So this, this Irish whiskey, this Jameson is pretty light in color it's probably going to be a pretty light whiskey um it's 40 proof which means i'm sorry it's not 40 proof it's um 80 proof which means it's 40 percent alcohol uh-huh. um which is a pretty standard whiskey alcohol percentage so uh yeah step two so what does it mean by like it's lighter is that like the taste or like the alcohol content. A lot of it is how it's aged, how long it's aged, how long it sits in the barrels, yeah. um, which the longer it sits in the barrels, the different flavors you're going to get. Yep. Um, the different color you're going to get. The different color. Yeah. Well, because the barrels give it the color. Otherwise, it'd just be clear. It's like vodka is an age, so it's yeah. clear. Huh. Um, or moonshine is an age, so it's clear. Huh. And so uh, the longer it sits in barrels, the different color it's going to get. That's yeah. why bourbons and scotch, bourbon especially, older bourbons are that deep amber the really nice deep amber color um so the next step of tasting is called the nosing Hmm. so a couple things i mean people have a lot of different ways to do this um the biggest thing you want to do when you're nosing the whiskey is keep your mouth open okay so when you think nosing think part your lips um so you want to have your mouth open because otherwise all it is is going to be alcohol Going in, and you're gonna your palate's gonna be fucked because oh, fuck. you just all it is is gonna be alcohol smell. Wait. So when you open your mouth, you're gonna get 
bunch of different stuff. Oh, so you keep your mouth open while you breathe in yeah. and you sniff the whiskey. Because yeah, if you keep your mouth shut, so like do it right now, like smell with your mouth shut. What do you smell? Whiskey. You smell alcohol, Yeah. right? It smells like alcohol. Now open your mouth. And it still smells like alcohol. Well, that's much different though. But it's a, a whole different experience. That literally is. Yeah. So this one doesn't have, I mean, we're not professional whiskey tasters. No. I can't tell you that there's vanilla and whatever in these. Yeah, we got Google. But it's, yeah. <laughs> there's an, absolutely there's a difference in the smell when you do it with your mouth closed and your mouth yeah, open. So the sure. next part is the actual tasting. Yeah. Put so when you put the whiskey in your mouth, you're going to. Oh, there she goes. Mouthwash. It's called the Kentucky Chew. Huh. Oh, man. Top note. That's it. See, like, for me, this burns a lot. Yeah. Some of the other bourbons that I've had. It's smooth. They don't. Yeah. Like, this is a little bit more harsh. It's still tasty. Um, but you want to get it on the sides of your mouth. You want to yeah. get it on your tongue. You want to get it on the top. All the different taste buds to all 10, really. All 10,000 taste buds. All 10,000 taste buds. Yeah. Cream, top note, sugar, cream. sweetness. Yep. That's a 10. Yeah. Um, so, okay, take me through step one again. That was four steps, right? No, that was three. Oh, shit. One more. So the fourth is the finish. Okay. So the finish is what's going to come after you swallow it. A happy ending. You'll get, a lot of times, you'll get a flavor or a smell or something will come up kind of, it's what a lot of people call it comes up and reaches up and grabs you. Um, some are more smooth. Yeah. Some aren't. Um, so the finish is what happens after you swallow. So that's a passive thing. It's just what happens. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Um, and some burn. Some are more like, the, it's more harsh. Some are, some are more smooth. Some are more flavorful. That for me, because I just harsh. did it, I, it was powerful and strong. It didn't taste like much to me. Yeah. All right, so um, take me through the steps then. I want to do it all. All right, so look at the color. Yep. Color is color. It's a light. It's very light. I mean, it's just a hint of kind of amber color. Yeah. There's not much color to it. Yep. Okay, step two. Step two is nosing. Right. So put your nose in there. And you don't have to put it all the way in, but close enough where you can keep your mouth open and smell it. Yep. Step three is the tasting. So you take, you put it in your mouth and you kind of move it around. And then step four is the finish. So yeah. what comes after? Tastes like college. Right. Jameson, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jameson is a decent whiskey. I don't have a supreme love for it, but yeah. Yeah, it, it is a whole lot different when you taste it like this than yeah. when you're ripping shots of it oh, with ginger sure. ale at yep. <laughs> Alpha Kappa Pi. Yeah, and you don't know what you're doing. But like, this is Jameson. Yeah, right. I'm so cool drinking Jameson. Yeah, it's Jameson. I'm Irish. Look at me drinking Jameson. <laughs> Did you know whiskey? Yeah, this. <laughs> you can tell it's whiskey by the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, not that, a club. That uh, that's Jameson, and in between each taste, you want to have a little sip of water. Yeah, for sure. And cleanse your palate, because a big thing with whiskey tastings, especially when you're doing 18, is palate fatigue. <laughs> this water is the nosing of the water. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's like a rough intro to note to tasting it. whiskey yeah. well jameson is uh yeah it's been around since the 1700s irish whiskey we wanted to start there so let's move on to things that are people are more familiar with maybe with uh american whiskey yeah bourbon so bourbon uh bourbon is great it's a, the true american whiskey um so we're gonna start off our bourbon tasting with it's uh like a baby bourbon oh great this is called white dog um, white dog is part, so it's mash step number one. And, and a little bit later, we're going to get into kind of the steps of the distilling process. Mm -hmm. But basically without getting into all the science of it, because there's a ton of science into distilling and whatever distilling is science. Aging is art is what they say. Hmm. So White Dog is the first distilled product before it goes into barrels for aging. So essentially, White Dog, which this comes from Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, I bought it at the distillery when we were down there, which was cool. Where is that at? Um, it's in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Great. So the White Dog is sort of like a bourbon without 
all the things that make it bourbon. Yeah. Technically, this isn't bourbon because it hasn't been aged. It's clear. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do... It looks like vodka. Yes, because it hasn't been put into barrels yet. The barrels are what give it color. Yep. Interesting. And we're going to get into all of that about, like, you know, what makes bourbon a bourbon... Yep. Um, why, what it has to be aged in, all that kind of fun stuff. So, so this is like, why do they sell this though? Is it just like a fun thing or is it yeah. like literally something people seek out? Like it's a I novelty wanna, item. Wanna, yeah. I, in my opinion, I, the thing that's interesting about, especially where we're at with whiskey right now is everything's kind of a marketing tactic. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get more into that again later too, but white dog is a part of the process. It's totally fine it's drinkable it's good whiskey mm -hmm. but it's not bourbon in its finished form yeah um so it's just like yeah here's this thing you should buy this too like, yeah, like <laughs> this is a fun thing this is whiskey before it's big or right bourbon. this is this is yeah whiskey before it's bourbon um so yeah we're gonna go ahead and yeah. taste her it's clear and just like smell that oh it's, wow that's so different than jameson right honestly this is like it's it smells caramely caramel yeah. i want to say fruity almost but it's caramel Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to go ahead and put her in. Put it down. Woo! See, oh. this is... <laughs> so, White Dog is... Wow, wow, wow. Dude, that is corny. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, this is corn, rye, and malted barley. It's 62.5% alcohol, Holy so that means... fuck me in the... Oh. It's 125 proof. This it's is pretty not strong. Appropriate for children. That's okay. We have an explicit warning on the. That's true. We do. Um, so, but even with that, it burns a little bit. But there's so much flavor in that, right? Afterwards, yeah, I'm getting a lot of flavor. But that initial down the down the hatch, that Did was. Did you swish it a little bit? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a burner. So, I actually I hadn't tried this yet. This was my first go with it, and it tasted way better than I thought it was going to. Um, yeah, really, really interesting. A lot of like, so we've done a lot of wine tastings and it's a distinct thing with, uh, tequila too. Tequila, you drink it down, you breathe in and breathe out. You get a lot of flavors. Yeah. It's like always the post after the burn. And once you get past that, where you get a lot of flavors and that's exactly what I got there. Cause still right now I'm getting like, yep. Yeah. Stuff. I love the way that smells too. Like it smells like cereal, like the yeah. grains that it's made with and yeah. Um, I like how you said it smells like corn. That's great because it's it bourbon as a rule has to be distilled with fifty one percent corn at least. Wow. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's pretty sweet. Let's We're gonna talk about bourbon a lot now. So bourbon okay. is pretty much gonna be our focus for the rest of this episode. Um, bourbon is one of the only true American spirits. Yeah, and it's interesting because. It's a, the origin of bourbon as a distinct whiskey isn't really well documented, right? Because we get all these settlers from Scotland and Ireland, which is the Scottish and Irish settlers are the ones that started this process. They come over and they start finding the different types of water, the different grains, the different, I mean, whatever, and they start distilling. Mm -hmm. And especially in the Kentucky area, most of the water is coming from a limestone kind of aquifer under the ground. Okay. Limestone is a natural uh, like cleanser for the water. So the water in Kentucky is literally perfect for making whiskey. And that's why some of the greatest bourbon distilleries are in Kentucky. Um, so there's a lot of different stories and legends about who started whiskey and you know who did what and who did whatever. Yeah. Um, Elijah Craig, we have a bottle of Elijah Craig. Oh yeah. Um, he's known as the father of bourbon. Um, but it's interesting. So one of the original counties in Kentucky was Bourbon County. Bourbon County is still a Kentucky, uh, county in Kentucky. It was huge. It was one of the biggest counties in the state of Kentucky for a long time, uh, until they started making more counties. Mm -hmm. So they were selling their whiskey more. There was more of it. And the barrels that came from Bourbon County, were they were labeled Bourbon County. So they would take the barrels, they'd put them on barges on like the Mississippi, and they'd send them down to New Orleans or whatever. Yeah. And so it was labeled Old Bourbon because that's where it's coming from is Bourbon yeah. County. So after a while, this just became the accepted 
this is they just started calling it bourbon and there's a lot of stories like well it's bourbon because you know bourbon street in new orleans and you know what there it's just all point, really yeah. undocumented it's kind of fun you can kind of yeah, just see what you want yeah exactly listen to your own legends right um so after a while bourbon became just the accepted name of any corn whiskey mm-hmm. um so it stopped necessarily just coming from bourbon county it was a corn whiskey it's from it's bourbon yeah um so we're gonna do another taste yeah, yeah let's do it let's see what we got up next so next is one of my favorites it is beer barrel bourbon from the new holland distilling um which new holland is a pretty famous beer brewery in yeah. um in michigan so new holland what, what kind of what what's their famous beer Dragon's Milk. Dragon's Milk, that's So it. what's really cool is, and I think they did this on purpose, so they were probably using, like, barrels from Kentucky for a long time, and they just decided they were going to start doing their own bourbon because they age the Dragon's Milk in used bourbons barrel, or mm-hmm. bourbon barrels, which mm-hmm. makes the beer phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, one of the best beers I ever tasted. Man. Great. That's one of the first craft beers I ever tasted from yeah. Tempo. Yeah. He was at a rugby party, yep. and he's like, hey, try this dragon's milk. I love dragon's milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. And I tasted it. I was like, whoa, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> but now, I mean, yeah, now it's like, I love it. It's a big thing. That yeah. was back in 2011. So Beer Barrel Bourbon is a little sweeter. Um, it's been one of my favorites for many years, and we're going to give yeah, we're gonna give that a taste. I'll tell you what, I should have squeezed that orange in this old-fashioned earlier. Yep. Man, they're big scotches. That was a that was a big. It's a big scotch. I tell, tell you what. So. A little buzzed already. What are we? <laughs> we're three things in. Okay. All right. So this one, if you look at the color compared to the Jameson, darker. A little darker. It's not supremely dark, but it's pretty dark. It's like if you're dehydrated and you go take a pee. Yeah. So it's what's interesting is. Um, bourbon we're going to get into some of the technicalities with (laughs) bourbon and whatever but they don't have to label how long it's aged at a for a certain point sure um there like i said i have all the technical rules and whatnot that we'll get into but um the this is not aged for a really long time as you can i mean it's pretty light for a bourbon but ready down the hatch wait wait oh yeah smell so this one, man, what it you, smells what good. What are you getting? This one smells sweet. I'm not getting nearly as much corn as the other one. The other yeah. one was like overwhelming. This yeah. is like no, You got to remember, this isn't aged at all. Right. Alcohol and like some flavor, yeah. A little caramel. Think about Dragon's Milk, the beer. Mm-hmm. And then this, it like when I've had both now, they like intertwine in a really cool way. Huh. So, yeah, I don't know. It's to me, it just smells sweet. It smells like dragon's milk, which is nostalgic. Like I, that's immediately what I think of is the beer. Yeah. Um, dragon's milk right out of the tit. That's right. Here we go. God, that's so much smoother. Yeah. Breathe out like a. Yeah. You get a whole, I mean, with this one, I get a lot coming back up. Yeah, so do I. And it's smooth. Yeah, like, it, was it didn't so, burn like, at all. The difference between the Jameson and this was night and day. Yeah. Yep. It was good. I could literally sip that and be like, oh, it's alcohol, but like, it, it's not like, oh, God, it's alcohol. The interesting like, thing is, smooth. a lot of people get elitist about bourbon and they're like, well, you can't drink it with Coke and you can't drink it with ice and you can't water sure. it down or like whatever. But really, the a lot of I mean, I watched a video. Um, he is I can't remember his name, and I feel stupid. I can't remember his name. That's okay. Um, he's the owner of the Jim Beam brand right now. He's the grandson of Jim Beam. Yeah, I know. And um, he literally even said he said, you know, if you want to drink it with some soda pop, if you want to drink it with some like water or some ice. Like as long whatever, as you're drinking, as long as you're drinking my whiskey, it don't matter. Um, but really, like part of the tasting process, like if if it stings, yeah, you should add some water. And really, so what we're gonna do with some of the as we get on a little further, sure, 
we're going to add a little bit of water um, because it brings on a whole different flavor profile when you add some water. So That's um, interesting. Yeah, I've definitely heard people don't add water, don't add anything. But uh, My brother's one of those guys. Like He will say, like, oh, that's expensive bourbon. Like, Don't drink that with Coke. And I'm like, put some Coke in there. I, li I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so Whatever makes you happy. We're going to do another tasting because we have a lot to get through. Yes, sir. Um, so this is Basil Hayden's. Um, Basil Hayden's has been in, it's been a bourbon since 1796, I believe. Uh, so it's got some history and it's a pretty light, kind of lighter, uh, flavored whiskey. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had a much experience with it, but I do think that it's pretty solid. Um, as you can see, there's a decent amount of it missing out of the bottle because yeah. this one I had for a while. <laughs> you sip on this a little bit, huh? Yeah, sippy sippy. So it says here, when Basil Hayden Sr. began distilling his smooth bourbon here in 1796, yep. Kentucky was but four years old and George Washington was president. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of history. I think this is why the history of whiskey is going to be the title of this podcast. So. And I think it's cool too because when you think about it, every sip of whiskey that you take, some are older than others, but like... You know, that's been sitting in a barrel for four years. Yeah. Like what? Four years ago, we were almost well, not quite still in college, but yeah. Like it's a whole different time, right? And you get some of the really old whiskeys, like twenty-four-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. Like, man, that's almost as old as almost as old as me. Old Pappy. Like, which we don't Crazy. have any Pappy Van Winkle, but that's like a three hundred-dollar bottle of whiskey. Yeah, that's like marriage or uh, retirement or something like that. Yeah. Man. So Basil Hayden's color, pretty. It's actually lighter than the beer barrel bourbon, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, smells. This one's a little more deeper, more deeper. It's more deep and less fruity. I'm gonna be honest. This kind of smells like like my grandma's house. Like I, I picture shag carpet and like wood paneling when I smell this. Huh. That's... I like that. <laughs> That's like a... I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. No, it's whatever. That's I mean, literally what came to my mind, so I'm going to share it. Yeah. Cool. Right. Let's go. Again. Wow, so different. These are all so different. Right. What the heck? Still smooth, but totally different flavor profile yeah. than the beer barrel bourbon. I think this was smoother and more flavorful. Really? Yeah. I would disagree. For me, it's not as smooth, huh. but flavor profile, it's it feels subdued comparatively. I, it might be because I have a hard on for Michigan whiskey. I don't know. I don't know. That uh, that went maybe it's the way I swallowed. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. So Basil Hayden's is kind of a middle ground. Forty dollars for a bottle, roughly. Um, this is distilled in Frankfort, Kentucky. Beautiful. So, since this is beer barrel bourbon is done in New Holland, Michigan, yep. is that technically real bourbon because it's not yes. from Bourbon County? So, that's a thing that I always thought was you have to, it has to be distilled and whatever in Bourbon County to be considered bourbon. That's not true. So, bourbon is, and again, I'll get into this as we go on, but you have to distill it in America. And there's other, there's other guidelines that make it that have to be there for it to be bourbon. But no, it does not have to be produced in Bourbon okay. County to be bourbon. But uh, Jim Bean or does uh, Jack Daniels have to be from Bourbon County? So Jack Daniels is Tennessee whiskey. That's oh. a whole different That's a whole different ball game. Tennessee right. whiskey has to be made in Tennessee, I'm okay. pretty sure. Um, makes sense. There's like American whiskey. Like a lot of the whiskey out in Colorado is called American whiskey. Yeah. It's not bourbon it's not i mean it's i don't know it's it's all kind of weird but to be bourbon there are pretty strict guidelines okay. being in bourbon county isn't one of them great let's what else can we talk about let's take a like a, a little break yeah um okay so going on from history so we left off where bourbon just became widely accepted as any corn whiskey that was aged in a barrel essentially sure. um so prohibition comes along in 1920 and bourbon prior to that was pretty popular. There was a lot of distilleries. I mean, there was hun there was hundreds of bourbon distilleries prior to uh, Prohibition. Prohibition comes along and pretty much wipes out 
I mean, most alcohol distributors anyway, Mm -hmm. but the bourbon industry took a huge hit because it's an American thing. So people in Ireland aren't making bourbon. In Scotland, they're not making bourbon. In Canada, they're not making bourbon. Um, There were some distilleries that could remain open to produce medicinal whiskey. Sure. So from 1920 to 1933, there was a couple that were open. So Old Forester, which we have a bottle of Old Forester, has been open continuously. Buffalo Trace was open during Prohibition. Mm -hmm. Um, There was, I think there was like 10 distilleries that were open during Prohibition to make medicinal whiskey, which, I mean, man, if you think about it, that's similar. Like we have medicinal medicinal marijuana, Mm -hmm. like, and now we look back on how antiquated and like medicinal whiskey. What the hell is that? Yeah. It seems silly. Um, It seems silly. Yeah. But um, yeah. So most distilleries though, never reopened after, after such a long time, 13 years, 13 years. And yeah, like in whiskey takes a lot of money. You got to have, cause you have to have space to age it. You have to have a lot of space to distill it. Like, you know what? I just had a thought. Yeah, what is it? If someone, like, began aging a whiskey in, like, 1919. Yeah. And then, like, Prohibition hit. Yeah. And then, like, it aged for 13 years. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this barrel. I'm sure that happened out yeah, there. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, it's the greatest whiskey ever. And yeah. And then they started their whiskey business again or something. Yeah. No, and that, that's the thing where aging becomes the art. Yeah. Because it, I mean, there's so many different things that play into aging, sure. which... We're going to talk about that, too. Yeah, We're covering a lot of history right yeah, now, which are. is cool. But, so fast forward to, like, 1964. So Prohibition is obviously over. Mm-hmm. But Congress declared bourbon as, like, the national distilled beverage. It's a distinctive product of the United States. Yeah. It's America's, America's native spirit. Yeah. So it's America's native spirit. Bourbon has to be produced in the U.S. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it, I mean, it can be bourbon style, but it can't be bourbon whiskey. Bourbon whiskey. Um, what was interesting was, so bourbon was, again, it was popular from, you know, Prohibition on. In, like, in the 80s, though, like, they took a huge hit starting in the 80s. It became, like, grandpa's drink. The mm-hmm. kids weren't, they, like, who drinks bourbon? Like, grandpa right. drinks bourbon. Yeah. Um, it's a harsh drink, kind of. In yeah. A way. And That's it, what I grew up thinking was, well, not grown, I didn't grow up around whiskey, but like yeah. entering college, and like, like vodka was the thing to right. drink. Yeah, I, it was accessible, exactly. it was easy, I knew what it was. And when was. I thought of whiskey, I thought of Jack Daniels. Right. Like, I didn't think of, I didn't think of Woodford Reserve or like no. whatever. Yeah. Um, so, it, again, so from the 1980s to the mid-2000s was a real big downtime for, Ameri- for bourbon. And then really recently, in the last 10 years, the, the growth has skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, so sales domestically and internationally, because you know these larger distilleries are shipping overseas too, have skyrocketed. And it's one of our biggest exports right now is mm-hmm. bourbon whiskey. Yeah. Um, they pretty much, because there's a, like a bourbon distillers group, guild, whatever you want to call it in Kentucky, um, they declared that in 2014, this was the golden age of bourbon, which wow. it's, I think it's absolutely true. Like more yeah. people are drinking mm-hmm. bourbon now than ever. There's more, like there's more craft distilleries. There's more options. Yeah. Like there's, it took me a long time to get into it, but I'm so glad that I did because yeah. it's so cool. And it feels, it's like playing a banjo. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that's American like bourbon. Yeah. I mean, really. You wanted the most American pitcher? Play a banjo with an American flag, drinking whiskey, and a bald eagle flies overhead. That's right. It doesn't get much more American with than a that. Grill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's super. It's great because even Traverse City Whiskey Company, like the whole. If you've ever been there, if you're in Michigan, go there because the aesthetic and the feel. Yeah. It's so homey and cozy. Yep. And it's like very modern, and the drinks are phenomenal. Yeah. And we have two Traverse City whiskey bottles here, and like us alone. I totally agree. It's the golden age because we have 18 bottles of whiskey inside us. <laughs> <laughs> of and, all different things right all different companies and it's yeah i mean it's a great time to be a whiskey drinker it's a great time to be a whiskey maker it yep. still takes a lot of money to get into whiskey making because you know when you first open up you're not gonna have a product for years right really you know what i mean like yeah. it takes years mm-hmm. to it's not age. like beer where you can age right it in a that's i mean opening a brewery on a on a similar level is a lot easier because you're gonna have beer in weeks, yeah. months at the longest. And I mean, yeah. depending on, you can age beer too, but 
Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like people have gotten more into craft beer over the last twenty years. Craft whiskey, the like the bigger whiskey companies uh, are making so many different varieties mm-hmm. of smaller batch, and that's the big thing right now. Is like single barrel, yeah, barrel proof, small batch. It's kind of like those key words that people look for. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Like grass fed, yeah, farm, farm raised. raised, yeah, right? no, for sure, free, yeah, and that's like that's absolutely a thing with whiskey yeah. too. Um, cause you're drawn to the, the single barrel and yeah, it's I like, mean, oh, it's special just for me. Yeah, right. Exactly. So a lot of it is marketing, but, yeah. um, Tastes ready for good, another tasting? Good. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to do something a little different here. <laughs> okay. And it kind of goes against everything we're doing right now. Sure. But this is a vodka. Oh. So this <laughs> is called Wheatley Vodka. Um, Wild this card. is distilled at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. So the guy, the head distiller at... Um, Buffalo Trace decided he wanted to try vodka. Buffalo Trace is famous for whiskey. Yes, Buffalo Trace is a bourbon distillery, but okay. the guy, he wanted to make vodka because he thought he could do it better. Okay. Um, so they their thing for this is this is how vodka should taste. Great. So this is distilled ten times. They're kind of saying fuck the Russians. This is how you do it. Pretty much. This is not shitty whiskey at all, Great. or shitty vodka at all. Great. Um, I haven't had vodka in probably 10 years, so. I, yeah, this is the best vodka I've ever had. Well, and I know there's some good Russian vodkas out there, too. Yeah. I've never had them. I've had Crystal Palace and yeah. Crystal Palace. Dumping and... half gals with Kool-Aid mixes <laughs> and Minute Maid. Yeah. And calling it uh, fun. Yeah. And not remembering what you did. Yes. For sure. Good yeah. jungle juice. Mm-hmm. Just like that. All right. So we're going to pour a little bit of vodka. Okay. So this is clear. Yep. <laughs> this is clear, yes. <laughs> um, and actually, surprisingly, you can get this in a lot of liquor stores. Um, it's about $18. Great. So well, it's a it's very widely thing. moderately priced um, and it's delicious. I don't drink a lot of vodka, but I was like, it's coming from a bourbon, a whiskey distillery. Why not support them? Yeah, it says right here. So 10 times distilled, distilled with care in small batches. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. We like that. So this is the only vodka we have in this tasting. Um, and the only reason it's here is because it was... still smells like whiskey barrels. I don't know if I'm just... It's got a... It's, on whiskey. It's got a... I mean, it could be the glass, too. We're not changing glasses oh, yeah, every that's time, true. too. Yeah, we're not doing this right. But it's it definitely, like, when you put your nose down in there, it smells like vodka. Yeah. But what's going to be... Smell the rubbing alcohol. The trick is when we taste it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Wow. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised. It's super smooth. Yeah. It tastes like vodka. Yeah. But for me, I get, I do get like a hint of vanilla from that. I get some other flavors and yeah, it just, it's smooth. It tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's not the, vo- like I'm used to drinking shit vodka. So dude, that was good. super smooth. Yeah. Like I remember the first piece of alcohol, bottle of alcohol I bought was, oh gosh, what, what's, what is the most famous vodka um they make all the flavors uv no 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 no. like burnett's little, little burnett's smirnoff yes smirnoff. smirnoff connor said smirnoff yeah she's here with us yeah she's helping us get through this smirnoff that was the first pint i bought was just plain smirnoff i was like this is what people do to get drunk feeling yeah and yeah, yeah. it did it to me and it was horrible i hated it uh but i drank it but that yeah. was way better wheatly vodka mm-hmm Wonderful. It's good to have a, I mean, if you're going to develop a spirit collection, it's good to have yeah. a little bit of everything. So For sure. Yeah. All right. Do another one. This one is pretty easy next time. This next one. This one is the one that See. I contributed, so I feel special about Bones it. Bones contributed this one, so yeah. he's going to talk about it. So this is called Screwball, and I got turned on to this by uh, Jess's parents. They drank it once. <laughs> Ooh, Connor's pouring herself a little. We're gonna pour approximately two shots. Yeah, two <laughs> shots. Go, 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 go. Mama's getting drunk. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, the Wheatley vodka is open. I'm doing it." All right. So this is uh, called Screwball, 
and it's a peanut butter whiskey. And this is one of the only flavored, actual flavored whiskeys that uh, we're, we're tasting today. And they, I don't know where they're out of actually, but this is a really unique whiskey and that's why I bought it again. I love to sip it just over the rock, on the rocks. Um, so yeah, it's a peanut butter flavored whiskey. Very unique. I haven't seen anyone else do it. The label says, to misfits, black sheep, and screwballs. Whoa. Yeah, so, big deal. And let's pour a little skosh. Yeah. You hear that gold? Jeez. Gold, gold, gold. <laughs> that was a big skosh you got there. <laughs> Dude, that's no bigger than your I know, I was pouring me, big. you damn <laughs> asshole. I'm already drunk and we're five whiskeys in. <laughs> Then we got all, we even, we're not even halfway through. We're the literally first not. Hour. I'm thinking that like the first thought came into my mind was like, fuck, this might be a two-part episode today. We'll take like a four-hour intermission, have a bottle of water, jump in the river. Oh yeah. Come back and do it again. So wow, this peanut butter whiskey, really good. It's very similar. I had a caramel whiskey uh, a few months ago, and it was just too syrupy to me. Yeah. And this over the rocks is honestly drinks like a regular whiskey. Yeah, it smells great and actually. But there's still a little bit of a syrupy feel to it. But, yeah. you know, you give your opinion, and if you like it, you like it. I like the smell already, so yeah. cheers. Ready? Cheers, boy. Wow. I'm not going to... That's actually really good. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm super surprised. I did not think I was going to yeah. like that. I know, because I figured you would be like, oh, no, no, I just need regular whiskey. That's the way to go. No, that's good. But this... I, I respect that too, but like the caramel whiskey, like I said, I had a, a while ago, I did not like because like this is just does not taste good. Um, but this peanut butter whiskey by Screwball, yeah, they got a little like uh, lamb yep. or cow, yep. whatever that fucking animal is on the front. That looks like a lamb. Yeah. Black sheep. Yeah. It's black sheep. It's becoming more popular too. You used to be able to not really find it anywhere. And yeah. then I found it at the grocery store. So um, I'm it's good. Yeah. And extremely surprised actually yeah uh cool yeah that was tasty yeah um you want to do another one or yeah. talk about some legal requirements for whiskey let's do for legal bourbon? requirements okay we'll talk about a little bit of what makes a bourbon a bourbon in the eyes of the government great um, that's always important so bourbon is similar to scotch in the the rules that we have that defines it as a bourbon uh -huh. so scottish whiskey other known as scotch has has a lot of rules that make it what it is. Yeah. So do we. Um, and that's to prevent, because bourbon is a distinct American product, we want to keep it that way. America. Yeah, it's ours. Um, Don't touch it. Yeah. Bourbon must be made from a mixture of grain that is at least 51% corn. And this is the, the government telling us this. Well, it's been, I mean... The whiskey distillers and the government, I mean, they work all work together. together. Yeah. To form These this. have been in place for a while. Okay. This isn't new. Great. By any means. So it has to be at least 51% corn. And then from there, it can be a mixture of rye, wheat, mm -hmm. whatever. So like you'll see on a lot of these, like it's corn, rye, and malted barley. Mm -hmm. um, the different grains give it the different flavors. Corn is sweet. You know, barley and rye are more, they give it some different yeah. notes and the flavors and whatever. So, um, different, you know, different types of um, grains have different flavors. Like, yeah. this vodka is made from wheat and not potatoes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of a lot of Russian vodka is made from potatoes. Potatoes. Like, maybe you should try making it from wheat. Just Tastes saying. better. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's called Wheatly Vodka. We, we do it better in America. It's not potato vodka. Yeah, right. Oh, dude, what's the famous potato vodka? Um, it's really hot right now. Dude, I don't know. Uh, I don't follow vodka, so I have no idea. Cobb, you called the last one. What's the other one? What's this vodka, potato, this potato vodka? Oh, uh, dude, I ruined our flow. I'm sorry, but what is it? Um... Google, you got the Google machine over there? Okay. Famous it's, potato sorry. vodka. When you it's find it, just chime back in. Potato vodka, um, yeah. Okay, continue. So a couple more <laughs> legal requirements, and then we're going to taste another. Yep. Um, so it has to. It can't be distilled to more than 160 proof. So that's 80% alcohol. Huh. Um, the technical term is alcohol by volume, ABV. That's what we see on all the bottles and whatever. So it has to be under 160 proof. Okay. Um, when it's... Entered into its container for aging. Which Tito's. 
Tito's. There you go. Thank you. Sorry. Tito's is from Texas. Great. Yeah. It's potatoes. Um, they make it for potatoes? Yep. Interesting. It's potato vodka. You don't mm. get hangovers from it. No shit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's a lie, but... <laughs> You're still going to get hungover. Yeah. <laughs> tell you it. Yeah. Make you feel better. Uh, whiskey has to be aged in new charred oak barrels. Okay. So it can't be a used what barrel. What used barrels? We're going to get it right into that, oh, too. Oh, really? You know that information? Oh, I know it. Okay. Um, so the, it the whiskey has to be entered into the barrel for aging at no more than 125 proof. Huh. So when it's distilled, it can't be distilled to more than 160 proof. Okay. When it enters into the barrel for aging, it can't be more than 125. And this is where the science comes in. Yeah, so you have to cut it with water, and you have to do that. Like they they sure. dilute stuff to bring out flavors or whatever. Wow. Um, bourbon has to be bottled at a minimum of 80 proof or 40 percent alcohol by wow. volume. Volume. So that is the general rule of thumb for most bourbons. 40 percent is the rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, there's no minimum specified duration for aging. The exception is straight bourbon. So like, um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, like a barrel proof. Yeah. Straight bourbon has to have a minim minimum aging requirement of two years. Um, any bourbon aged less than four years must include an age statement. So like beer barrel bourbon, um, it doesn't say it on the front because... You know, they don't want to say this. It's only aged for three months. Sure. People people associate, even if you don't know what whiskey is, the longer it's aged, like the, the better, better it is. It is. Like, it's like wine. Yeah. The longer, oh, this wine is from 2003. Yeah. Really, though, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Whiskey, it develops different flavor profiles the longer it's aged. It doesn't sure. make it any better or worse. Yeah, just different flavor. It's just different. So any bourbon less aged less than four years, so on an average... Like Woodford Reserve, their standard one is going to be aged at least four years. Um, so anything aged less than four years has to include that age statement. Bottled in bond, which we don't have any bottled in bond bottles, I believe. Um, bottled in bond is a subcategory. Those have to be aged for a minimum of four years, and they have to be 100 proof. Um, so bottled in bond, I like I said, I don't have any, but... That's, those are, there, there's different requirements for different types. What is up, Warriors? Bones and I had so much fun recording this episode that we had to split it into two parts. Yeah, that's right. You're going to get the next episode next Friday. So make sure you tune in next Friday for more fun. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to discover your warrior within. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.